Hello everyone, welcome or welcome back to another episode of In Bloom Podcast. My name is Abby Aslin and I am the host of this podcast. This week we're going to be talking about five perspective shifts or simple truths that have changed my life at 25 and that I think if you can accept will just overall change the way you live your life. And I truly say this from the perspective of somebody who has heard these things for many years or maybe just heard them this year and they are things that have truly just rewired my brain and the way I think and the way I go about my day-to-day life and just live in general and I know that there's always so many I just always see so many things talking about how when you turn 25 you know everything just starts to make sense kind of and not in a way where you just understand everything and you know everything all of a sudden that's not what it means but you just start to understand a lot of those things that you've been hearing for a long time or at least in my experience that's how I feel ever since I was like 23 and a half I feel like this was a really gradual process from when I was 23 and a half until now where I was just the year of realizing things like I think Kylie Jenner or something has some sort of meme or something where or a sound I don't know where she's like it's the year of realizing things and that's kind of how I felt from like 23 and a half till 25 but these are like the five most prominent things that I feel have truly just completely rewired my brain and it's crazy because I can feel the shift from the difference between hearing these things actually understanding these things and then applying them in my life to live them out because it's sort of a progressional type of thing you don't just hear it and automatically start implementing that sort of mindset and perspective in your life it's a very gradual thing because you're unlearning the things that you you know once believed and you're adopting the things that you now can see and understand and then you slowly as you're presented with a new day or a new opportunity you start to become more aware of these perspective shifts taking the wheel and sort of playing out in your life instead of the old ways of thinking so these are the five most important for me or at least the most prominent i don't want to say most important but they've just been the most prominent because they've really shown themselves and i found myself coming back to those mindsets and thoughts time and time again and just really being like wow this has been such a pivotal change and shift in thinking for me so i'm going to be sharing those with you all but first we're going to get into the quote goal and gratitude for this week my quote for this week is love yourself for everything you are for everything you have been and for everything you are becoming and i just think this is a beautiful quote and reminder to show yourself the same love regardless of where you're at regardless of whether or not you have friends a significant other regardless of whether or not you're working your dream job regardless of whether or not you're where you want to be regardless of whether or not you think you're deserving you know just love yourself with the same exact and the same exact way and the same amount no matter where you're at because it isn't loving yourself isn't conditional on who you once were, who you are today, and who you're going to be. So I just really like that quote a lot. It's a sweet reminder. And my goal for this week is so specific and random, but I'm literally putting it as my goal because I absolutely need to take care of this ASAP. But when we moved into our house almost a year ago, we got a washer and dryer through Samsung online, which I can't not recommend enough and we ordered online which we should have gone to like a home depot or something and spoken to like an actual 
salesperson to get this washer and dryer but we just did the easy thing went online ordered it and we were financing it because we you know were obviously paying a ton of money when we bought our townhouse just closing costs and everything like that and putting money down so we were just like okay let's you know just finance it why not um so 75 bucks a month for the washer and dryer for i think like 18 months or two years or a year i don't freaking remember how long it is but that's beside the point anyways we got the washer and dryer and the people who came and set it up well the first one we think was defective because it just completely like leaked everywhere all over our floor so they came and picked it up and took it back and brought another one well the same thing happened the second time but we think the second time the people just didn't know how to install it but they still took it back so we didn't have a washer and dryer we ended up getting a different washer and dryer right and i don't even know what brand ours is i think lg yeah lg whatever besides the point we got an lg one but you know we signed up for this financing agreement with samsung obviously for the washer and dryer and they took both of the ones back so we never had a samsung washer and dryer for longer than like two days and we've been paying for it since we got it initially but we have not had it for longer than two days and we haven't had it since then so it is sitting somewhere in a warehouse basically being paid for and when i tell you samsung customer support has got to be the absolute worst support on planet earth on every planet actually i believe aliens on other planets are probably supported better than we are on freaking planet earth because this is ridiculous i literally have called people which i haven't done anything about it in probably like four months because it's i just i've just been too busy and it's just not been a priority at this point and i put so much work into trying to figure it out in like december and january before i got really busy with work i was like i'm gonna sit down and try and get this sorted out because this is stupid and now it's been you know an extra eight months of us paying for it and not having it and we have talked to people online we've talked to people on the phone i and the whole issue is that samsung tries to redirect us to the credit card like retailer that they use so we try to contact them and their support's also terrible so they have like a um dispute form right the credit card company credit company whatever they have a dispute form and it says, you know, like print it out, fill it out, attach any supporting documents and mail it to this address. I did that back in like January, I want to say. And it said you would hear back within like 30 to 60 days of mailing it. Never heard anything back. And like we were supposed to get a letter back in the mail. Never got anything back. And I had printed out all of our emails because we had talked to people at Samsung. We had talked to people at the credit company. We had talked to people... Um, our financing company and we had talked to people through the warehouse where the washer and dryer were taken back to and all of those people kept telling us to contact a different person in order to get this resolved and we just never really got to a resolution and we did everything we were supposed to do yet we're still paying for this and it's ridiculous and at the very least it's like i understand them not wanting to refund us and even then i don't totally understand that for what we've paid and then you know what we would be paying basically for the full cost of it because why would we be paying for any of it if we don't have it but i'm like why can't we at least just get the washer and dryer since we've been paying for it 
And then just so we can sell it on our own and just, you know, have this be done with. But it has just been the worst process and so impossible. And I'm recording this on like Labor Day weekend. And since it's a long weekend, I'm trying to get a lot of my ducks in a row with random things like this that I've been putting off for too long. And this is one of them because seven bucks a month is a lot to be paying and just like letting slip out when you don't even have anything. Even if you do have something, that's a lot of money. So it's just like... I need to figure this out and my goal this week is to you know if even if it doesn't get it figured out or even if I don't get it figured out I just want to at least make some headway and like do something else with it because I I just can't keep doing this so sorry for the long-winded explanation of what my goal is this week but just being transparent um and trying to share with you all don't make the mistake we did do not get a washer and dryer online probably through anybody I would recommend having a salesperson like a legitimate person that you can see in person and go talk to that can help you solve the problems because i think having that middleman for once it would actually be probably pretty helpful um in this situation so don't make our mistake and my gratitude this week i am so thankful to have been engaged or be engaged to my fiance for a year now well almost a year when i'm recording this on september 3rd is our one year engagement anniversary, which is so crazy to think about. I cannot believe that it's been a year, a whole 365 days. Time has just absolutely flown by and I can't believe we're at like the four month mark for our wedding pretty much, which is just so scary. And I can't believe that's just like where we're at. And I mean, I guess technically it's, no, it's four months because it's, yeah. September, October, November, and December. Wow, that's crazy. I was thinking in my head, oh no, we have five months, but we have like four full months. But it's just crazy. But it's been it's been a really challenging year in a lot of ways for both of us, I think. But it's also been a very rewarding year, and I feel like we have just grown so much individually and as a couple, which you know is really just one of the most important things I think when you're in a relationship is to be able to have growth that is both together and individually because you know you're individual people before you're a couple and looking back just in hindsight when I reflect on our time together because you know this October will be six years of dating so it's just crazy to think because I say all the time that I feel like the first you know three years of our relationship was just a completely different relationship and part of that's probably because we were in college and you know we weren't adulting together in a way but while that part of our relationship of course still was great and everything I'm not saying it because it was bad I'm just saying we've grown so much since then it just feels like I'm thinking looking back on a different relationship just because of how much we've grown together and individually since then it's just wild to think about but I couldn't be more thankful for my fiance and for his support through everything because he truly is just like my cheerleader and he is such a constant for me that you know he's he's just so valuable to me for so many reasons and I am just so appreciative of his love and support that's just been unwavering for you know the time we've been together and I just can't believe it's been a year since we got engaged which was probably the best day of my life um and not because I got a ring on my finger I when I think of it being the best day of my life I just think of the overwhelming amount of just joy and happiness I felt that day from knowing that you know we get to spend the rest of our lives together which you know I kind of already like 
new, I guess, but just sort of a moment that, you know, makes that real and have, you know, his family and my family to all be in the same place and so many of our friends be in the same place because he, if you don't know anything about our engagement story, he surprised me and so many of our friends flew in for the engagement, which was so crazy to surprise me. And I guess surprise, they didn't surprise him because he knew about it, but to surprise me, which was just really overwhelming too. And that's part of the reason why I say it's the best day of my life too, because it was, it meant so much to me to have people in my life who are so spread out, um, surprise us and, or surprise me and just show up for us. And it just really meant the world. Um, and it was really special. And I just, I don't know, every time I think back on that day, I just, get so giddy inside and I'm so excited for September 3rd this year on Sunday. I'm recording this on Friday, but I'm so excited for Sunday because we're actually going back to the museum we got engaged at, which my fiance engaged in like the gardens of the museum. So not really in the museum, but we've never been to the museum itself. And honestly, I've never been to a museum in Houston and Houston has great museums. So I'm really excited because we're going to, we just got like the $10 general admission tickets and we're just going to go to the museum. It's like our date for the day. And I'm so excited because it's just going to, I'm probably going to be like a blubbery mess, just bawling my eyes out because every time I think about it, I just want to cry. Um, but we're going to go there and actually go to the museum, which is going to be really exciting. And then I, and I'm just so excited for that. And before we go to the museum, we're going to go get brunch at the, I don't know the name. It's called the, the restaurant is called Tonight and Tomorrow um, in Houston. And it's inside of a boutique hotel. And it's where we had like our little engagement party after we got engaged. So we're really just like going back to the places that we were at, you know, a year ago, which is so special. Um, and I'm really excited to try that restaurant, um, like actually go to it and everything. So I don't know, it'll just be fun. And I'm excited to just reflect on the last year with my fiance and just sort of soak in that moment of going back to where we got engaged. I just think it's going to be really special. And it's something I kind of want to do every year um, and just keep it up just to, I don't know, celebrate the day because it was just so special. But without any further ado, let's go ahead and get started with the episode. And this episode might be a little bit shorter, but you know, ultimately at the end of the day, my goal here isn't to give you like an hour of content through the podcast. I'm really just trying to give you all the meat and potatoes of what I want to say. I don't want to like fluff it up any extra because I you already get enough fluff in the intros, I feel like. So really just want to share these five things. And I probably could have provided like 10 things, but I think that at that point, things would just become so interrelated in a way to where the five points, um, the sort of, I guess, power of me sharing the five points would be a little bit diluted if I sat here and shared 10 things that all kind of fed off of one another or were somehow tied to one another. So these are five that are a little bit more unique. So the very first thing is you can expect the worst or hope for the best. And this is something that I've heard all of my life and that I've kind of had in the back of my mind all of my life. But I have not stopped in my tracks and you know stopped my worst case scenario thinking and like redirected it to hope for the best really much at all in my life except for very recently and it's because I didn't really understand the power of your thoughts and your mind and what you tell yourself I will catch myself and correct myself so much now and for example, the other day I was talking to my fiance about um, my bonus that I received from work for getting promoted. 
And I was telling him, I was like, yeah, I'm going to use this amount for the wedding, but I actually might have to use a little bit less for the wedding because I think I'm going to have to, even though taxes have already been taken out of the bonus, I'm going to have to set aside more of the bonus for my estimated taxes that I have to pay just from, you know, being a content creator and everything. Because I, I said, I don't think I will, you know, be able to, I said, there's no way I'll, you know, secure enough brand deals that will cover the spread of what more I need to set aside in taxes for this next estimated tax payment on September 15th. And I said that, and then I was like, okay, wait a minute. I just literally told myself I wasn't capable of doing something and like counted myself out before I even had a chance. Like I still, when I, when we were talking about this, I still had a good, you know, three weeks until that deadline. And granted, would I complete a full enough full campaigns and get paid for them in that amount of time? Maybe not necessarily, but I could have at least maybe booked the amount that I needed and maybe received the money after the fact. But I literally stopped what I was saying and I said, you know what? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna book campaigns that I that are going to be great and they're gonna be with brands I love and you know, they are going to be very authentic to me and I'm going to be able to, you know, set aside more for taxes because of that. Um, Because basically what the thing is, is I always set aside 30% of everything I get for content creating, whether it's, you know, AdSense money from YouTube or campaigns, brand deals, or money from the podcast ads, whatever. I always set aside 30% and that's more than enough for taxes. However, what I owe quarterly this year it's been a little tough because this year hasn't been as prosperous thus far as last year was for creating content for me so as a result my estimated taxes being based on my prior year's income I owe a good bit and I don't typically or at least so far this year I've had to sort of dip into other savings and thankfully I have this bonus so I don't have to dip into my savings again to cover that spread and what I've set aside for taxes and what I owe for taxes quarterly. It's so tough (laughs) paying taxes um, on an estimated basis. I just really, I hate it. Like it's not fun. But basically all of that being said, an example of me, you know, expecting the worst was that situation where I was counting myself out and I was expecting the worst being, I'm not gonna book anything for the next month that's gonna help cover the spread. And that's just, that's, you know, me thinking that, I'm not saying that that's exactly what's gonna happen, but I am kind of creating that reality for myself by telling myself that that is what's gonna happen. And it's doubting myself and, you know, it's not believing in myself. And when I realize that, when I, sit there and think, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, not believing in myself by saying this. I'm like, oh my gosh, you deserve better than to talk to yourself that way. You would never say something like that to a family member or a friend that they would never be able to do something, you know, like have a little faith in yourself. And so, you know what, I I stopped right there and I I was like, I'm going to hope for the best instead, which is, you know, I'm going to book some awesome campaigns and I'll be able to set aside more for my taxes and not have to use as much as my bonus for my tax payment and I can use more for the wedding or whatever. So one of those options, you know, causes a lot more stress and pain than the other in the long run, because if you're expecting the worst of every situation, it really sticks you in this fight or flight mode 24 seven where you're just, you know, you're expecting that worst thing to happen. So then you're just sitting around waiting on it to actually come to fruition. And 
that's just not a good way to live because it puts you on edge and it stresses you out. And I truly slip into that way of thinking in seasons of life where I feel very uncertain and uncomfortable. But then in seasons of life where I'm, you know, maybe feeling a little bit more comfortable and things are just, you know, going well, I'm a lot better at hoping for the best. And I, I, argue that most people probably are this way as well like when I think of my latter years of college I truly feel like that was a time where I had worked really hard to shift my mindset because I think the former years of college those earlier years like freshman year and then early sophomore year I truly was very 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 into a lack mindset expecting the worst dwelling on the worst and that kind of thing. And I got to a point where I was just like, I am making myself miserable by always thinking this way. And, you know, I have control over my thoughts to an extent. So when I became aware of that and I became aware of the fact that, you know, what I'm telling myself to an extent is the reality I am creating. And I started hoping for the best instead. And then so many great, amazing things happened that I am so so thankful for and so just blessed to have experienced and I just truly felt like so many things flourished when I switched that way of thinking and then my later years of college were just I was I felt like my mindset was so much better and I was you know truly hoping for the best in all situations instead of expecting the worst well then I graduated college and you know I'm in a job I don't really love and I just feel very lost and don't have you know a lot of direction as to what's next and where I'm going in life what I'm doing with my career and there's all these what ifs that make me feel very uncomfortable and as a result of feeling very uncomfortable I am sort of going into defensive mode and trying to protect myself from you know lack of financial security and not having a job and things like that and as a result of trying to protect myself I'm trying to expect the worst so that I can prepare myself but I'm not preparing myself and doing myself any good by doing that if anything I am just you know not even giving myself the chance for the alternative to happen by just flat out expecting the worst for everything and while it is important to you know sort of be aware of the options and the outcome the possible outcomes there's a difference between being aware of them and like not being so ignorant to where you know you're not prepared in any way shape or form if something bad does happen there's a difference between that and truly just expecting the worst overall and truly if you can just get yourself to hope for the best in situations you'll just feel so much more at peace. You'll feel so much more optimistic. You're not gonna feel that internal fight or flight like you're constantly on edge and just tiptoeing around waiting on the ball to drop and that worst thing to happen. Because the second you've put in your mind, the second you've you've expected the worst and put in your mind that thing happening, that's as soon as you turn that fight or flight on and you're all of a sudden, you know, just on edge waiting for it to happen. And that just causes so much stress when you could be hoping for the best and envisioning that amazing outcome and all of the amazing things that will come out of it and how it will feel for that outcome to happen. And even if it doesn't happen, at least you're not, you know, waiting on the worst to happen and just feeling like you can't really live because you're so anxious about the worst happening. And if you hope for the best, a lot of times, you know, it does happen and it may not happen the way you think it does. 
it may be something where you know something else than what you expect different from what you expected happens but then in hindsight whether it's days or months or years later you're able to look back and say wow that was you know so good to have happened for me even though I couldn't see it in the moment and I truly am just doing my best to hope for the best in you know all situations and the same thing goes for when earlier this year with brand deals I I think January I didn't really book anything and I automatically in my head I was like what if this trend continues this is you know so terrible such terrible timing I have to pay taxes I'm paying for a lot of my wedding this is just terrible timing and that was my first thought and first reaction what happened I didn't I have one campaign for like six months that has not happened since I got my very first like campaign through anything and I'm not like complaining or anything I'm grateful for anything and everything I'm just giving an example of expecting the worst and then the worst happening and then when my I kind of like changed managers and everything and not because anything bad happened I kind of went through a period where it was transitioning when my old manager was leaving and I got a new manager and that's kind of why there was part of the reason why there was a lull and everything and then I was just like you know what I'm gonna start hoping for the best because I can if I just sit here every month and I'm you know expecting to not get anything it is just it was making me so sad because I was thinking it was a reflection of the content I was producing I was telling myself that you know nobody cared about what I put out and that I sucked at what I did and I needed to just give it up because clearly it wasn't for me anymore and I had all those thoughts go through my head I debated like unsigning from my management company and not because they did anything but it just didn't feel worth it anymore and I debated just kind of rolling back on everything and I was I really went through a period where I was like should I even be doing any of this and I realized that all of that thinking you know it was kind of a wake-up call for me because I was like I mean I've just been really negative overall about my expectations and what I think is going to happen and then I just kind of decided I was like I'm sick of this and just you know throwing myself these pity parties and I really just want to hope for the best and since then it wasn't like I just sat there and I was like I'm gonna hope for the best and everything's gonna work out for me that's not what happened I was just telling myself you know be a little bit more optimistic believe in yourself you know, reevaluate your content, start doing things differently because you seem to just be in a rut of doing the same thing over and over again and just kind of being on autopilot. Try and get yourself re-inspired. So, you know, take those steps because nothing just falls into your lap, right? So I was like, I need to, you know, take these steps and get re-inspired, make some changes with my content, which, you know, I started posting a lot more on Instagram and I've maintained, you know, my once a week podcast episodes and my YouTube videos, but really trying to just provide more value in my content overall. And I saw a big change and from, you know, just reevaluating things, being a little bit more optimistic and working a little bit harder. And as a result, I've gotten to work with some dream brands that I would not have thought I would be working with this year or ever. But that's, you know, another thing, believe that you can, like, why not you? And it's just such a powerful, powerful mind sh- mindset shift. And I know I've been babbling on about it, but I wanted to give as many like real life examples as possible. But truly, you know, you have two options for every situation, expect the worst or hope for the best. And one, I promise you, is going to cause so much more inner turmoil and so much more just stress and chaos overall than the other. So you might as well choose the r- less stressful route. And I know it's easier said than done, 
but if you can just try and be a little bit aware of those thought patterns and you know become aware of when you're dwelling on the worst case scenario or expecting the worst to happen or feel like you're really tiptoeing around waiting on the ball to drop and something bad to happen just try and shift your thinking a little bit and just say you know what I trust that everything's gonna work out and you know even if they do I'm gonna figure things out and that's kind of just what I've been telling myself I'd say for the last three months and kind of going through the rest of the year I have been very fearful about a lot of things but with all of that you know I'm not letting my fear control me I have you know put an end to that and I'm instead choosing to just trust and just have faith that things can and will work out and even if they don't happen the way I want them to or even expect them to I can still figure things out you know there isn't a one path for everything in life there's many different paths and we just you know we don't really have control over which one is going to happen all the time and or a lot of the time really so you kind of just have to trust that things are going to be okay and work out and it's, like I said it's easier said than done but it is a very powerful mindset shift shift the second thing is that good things sit on the other side of discomfort and what I mean by this is if you don't sit through discomfort when you come face to face with it you will starve yourself of the good things sitting on the other side of discomfort in an effort to try and remain comfortable and this one is also very very hard to accept and truly embrace because it's hard nobody likes being uncomfortable nobody likes discomfort I hate it. It makes me, it makes my skin crawl. I feel like I'm going to be sick all the time when I'm uncomfortable. And I can think of so many instances where I've been uncomfortable and I just, my response is to freeze or just completely flee. And that's very normal for a lot of us. You know, we're faced with a challenge maybe at work that we have not done before that makes us really uncomfortable. I can think of so many instances where this has happened to me. And all I want to do is just throw in the towel and just, you know, give up and say, I'm done. I can't do this because it's hard to step outside of your comfort zone and do something you haven't done before. But just because you haven't done it before doesn't mean you're not capable of doing it. A lot of times that fear that we feel when we're face to face with discomfort and we're going through something uncomfortable, that fear we tell ourselves, you know, we we can't do something just because of how we feel when we're face to face with it but just because you know it's scary and hard and uncomfortable it can be all of those things but that doesn't mean you're not capable but a lot of times we confuse those feelings of fear and discomfort with our ability to actually follow through with those feelings and stick through them and come out on the other side and so many good things have come on the other side of discomfort and i kind of want to do an episode one day of just you know, times where I've almost given up and I'm glad I didn't. And what I mean by that is just times that I've been faced with something really hard and difficult and have wanted to, you know, throw in the towel and take the more comfortable or easy route, but I didn't. And sort of what came on the other side of that discomfort, because there's been lots of instances of that in my life. One of those instances has been, you know, wanting to leave the University of Alabama as a freshman because I just straight up was not having a good time my freshman year and really struggled with making friends, didn't really make any friends, and just felt very, very lonely, and I wanted to flee that situation because I was very uncomfortable because I felt like everybody around me had friend groups from their sororities and just had met all these people, and I was like, I 
have, you know, met people in classes, but it's not like we're friends or we're hanging out or anything. And I just felt very lonely and I wanted to do something. I wanted to be comfortable again. So what did I do? I applied to transfer schools to go to a school where a lot of my friends from high school were. And that would have been the comfortable thing to do. But I would not have experienced all the blessings that the University of Alabama brought me. And what I have experienced other blessings, yes. Me saying this isn't me saying I would never experience any blessing by choosing the comfortable path. Because that's not true. That That's just like a ignorant way of thinking to think that just because you choose the easy and comfortable thing means that you're not going to experience any blessings at all. That's just not true. You will experience them, but you know you have to think of the things, the wonderful things that did come out of sitting through your discomfort and working through it and really remember, you know, how amazing those things were and the fact that, you know, you wouldn't have those if you would have chosen the easy path. Would you have had other things? Yes, but you wouldn't have had those specific things that came out of sticking through your discomfort. For example, me staying at the University of Alabama, I found the love of my life and my fiance and that wouldn't have happened. I mean, maybe I would have found, dated other people, found somebody else at Florida where I wanted to transfer, but that it, I just can't imagine, you know what I mean, that being with anybody else and experiencing the same level of just happiness and love that I experience for my relationship now. So things like that, you know, that's one example I think of my job and how badly during the first few months I was just like, I can't do this. I have to give up. This is so hard. I am so uncomfortable. But I've stuck through for almost two years now and I'm still here and so many great things have come from that. I've, you know, made a work friend or two and I have learned so much professionally and personally about myself. I've learned so much with just how to work and I, you know, there's been so many great things that have come from staying in this job for this period of time such as financial security during a really expensive time in my life with buying our first home and with planning and paying for a lot of a wedding and that's something I value right now so it's okay for me to you know sit through something uncomfortable that I don't really love and sit through this discomfort because as of right now in my life that financial security is very important to me and it's something I value but ultimately at the end of the day you know there's going to be times in life where that's not my number one priority and not what I value and you know hopefully I'll be you know, doing something that's in more more in alignment with my values. But I have sticking through the discomfort of how uncomfortable I was in the first few months of my job, which I think anybody post grad or in a first job in general can attest to this and just say the first few months of a new job, whether it's your very first job or just a new job in general, is so stressful. Being new sucks. It's has discomfort and uncomfortable written all over it. But so many good things can come from, you know, sitting through discomfort and really just pushing through it even though our response a lot of the times we just want to run hide flee and just escape the situation altogether but ultimately the more you come face to face with that discomfort and you push through and you come out on the other side of it and you see the good things that come from it you just gain more confidence in doing that and you also just trust yourself more and you believe in yourself more when you're faced with something that is similar to that later on down the road or when you're faced with something that's the exact same or maybe something different but just has those similar feelings of discomfort because it could be two completely different uncomfortables one uncomfortable for me would be you know feeling very lonely and just like out of place my freshman year of college and wanting to transfer that's one discomfort and then another discomfort is my discomfort at work and just doing something that I don't really love that I find very hard but when I go through 
uncomfortable things at work right now. Like maybe I'm asked to do something that I haven't done before. Or for example, for example, this week, my senior was out of office and it's just me and the partner, which is just, if you know anything about like corporate structure, partners, just like the top of the top. And then, you know, I'm at bottom of the totem pole pretty much because I'm a new senior. And there, when there's nobody in between us and, you know, we're having to make these big decisions and communicate things to clients and like external parties that I'm not really used to doing and I don't have my senior as a buffer in between us to answer my questions and help me out on the things that I'm like confused on. It's uncomfortable as hell and it's stressful. And that was me this week. And I just was, felt like I was going to lose my mind and I just wanted to run away and throw my computer out the window because I was like, this is so scary and so uncomfortable. I don't like having to, you know, explain things to somebody so high up because I'm so worried that I don't know what I'm talking, which I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just thinking I do. And, but however, when I was going through those things, and this is just an example, I remind myself of the times that I've gone through things that were so uncomfortable to me, but I stuck through it and I came out on the other side stronger. And so when I go through things that are uncomfortable, I think of my freshman year college self alone and just sad and wanting to just feel like I belonged so desperately. And I stuck through that. You know, I stayed at the University of Alabama and so many good things came out of that. So I think of that. And granted, that was a much longer process of discomfort. You know, I was very uncomfortable for a little over a year. And then it took me, you know, several years of being at school and, you know, several years of making friends to really reap the rewards of sticking through that discomfort. And sometimes, and that's the thing, sometimes the rewards of sticking through discomfort are going to be more immediate and other times it's going to be very slow but equally rewarding. And I just remind myself of the times where I have stuck through the discomfort and remind myself of the great things that have come from it when I'm face to face with discomfort in other situations now. So you can use those situations of discomfort from the past even if it's not the same situation as motivation to just push through it and get out on the other side because that will ultimately give you more and more confidence with you know each time you're faced with something uncomfortable. And the next thing is that there is no finished or complete version of yourself, so stop striving for it. I am such a victim of hustle culture and self-improvement culture, and I know this podcast is a self-improvement podcast at the end of the day. There's no avoiding that. That's just what it is. But ultimately, I want to say right here and right now, disclaimer, while this may be a self-improvement podcast, you do not have to be constantly striving for better. You can accept how you are right now. You don't have to be doing anything to try and improve your life or your existence. I know there are seasons of life where we're more motivated to do that than others, but you are fine the way you are. It is up to you to decide, you know, what you're happy with and what you're unhappy with and what you're willing and able to change. And that's all subjective and it's up to all of us individually to decide that, to, you know, ask ourselves those questions and decide that. And self-improvement is something I am very passionate about just because I have seen how it it has transformed my own life personally, taking the time to invest in myself and my emotional health, my physical health, my mental health, and really just pour into myself as much as I can has really just helped me grow into the woman I am today. And I'm just so passionate about sharing it because it truly has changed my life in so many ways. But that doesn't mean that it's 
self-improvement or bust like that's not it's not a constant or is a constant thing self-improvement is a constant thing but you aren't chasing an end result or an end version of you or a finished product and that has been so hard for me to just digest and comprehend and while I will say this is probably something that I didn't really hear until this year but when I heard it it's kind of like why didn't I ever think of that before but when I heard it it was very liberating because I just thought to myself you know you will exhaust yourself just running in circles trying to reach this finished version or complete version of yourself or some subjective standard of perfect you know but you're never gonna reach it so adjust your standards adjust you know your expectations and just remember you know you can really be focused on self-improvement and you can really be focused on improving yourself and bettering things and all of that but don't have your goal be you know perfect perfection why can't I say this why don't have your goal be perfect or don't have your goal be a finished version of yourself where things are complete and I find myself slipping into this trap all the time with my career for example you know striving for this moment in my career where I can look back and just say you know like this is the the just I don't know the end point where I am just fully checking all the boxes and fully happy because reality is like there's always going to be some sort of little compromise and you're not going to find something that checks every single box all the time and accepting that is very hard as somebody who is has always been so dead set on finding that so just undoing that way of thinking and reminding myself that you know there isn't a version of myself that I need to be striving for that's perfect or completed or done whatever you want to call it but there's no reason to exhaust yourself striving for something that's never going to happen and even if it would happen it would be what for a fleeting moment and then you'd find something else to want to improve or find something else that you're not happy with and start striving for it you know we are our entire lifespans we are constant works in progress and we will never reach a level of perfection and we just have to really accept that you know we're always going to be that constant work in progress and it is truly so liberating when you can just hear that and accept it and believe it and just understand that you know you're always going to be working on yourself and it's not necessarily like an everyday thing but it's just a constant work in progress and it's never going to reach a finished state and you just kind of have to accept that but once you do it there all the pressure or not all the pressure but a lot of the pressure just seems to subside and that is something that I think was really transformative for me this year because I think I put so much pressure on myself to just you know be the optimal version of myself in so many different ways and like be the top version of myself in all of these different areas of life but when I told myself you know you're not going to reach this no no amount of you working overtime in your corporate job or working on the weekends for your content creating job or just really put putting things in the overdrive in life no amount of doing that is going to get you to a finished version of yourself but I think I've just believed that for so long and I don't know why because it seems like it's common sense to know that you know you're not gonna reach like an end version of yourself that is perfect in all regards but as a perfectionist it's really easy to fall into that trap and just 
think that, you know, oh, if I do X, Y, and Z, I can get there. But that's just not how it is. And when I realized that this year, the amount of pressure that I just felt, you know, totally flee from me and just the amount of weight on my shoulders that was just released, it was it was powerful. Like, it was an emotional realization. And I was overwhelmed by it because I when I felt all that pressure kind of release, I was just like, oh my gosh, well, like I, I feel like I can breathe again. Like why was I doing that to myself? And why was I putting all of this pressure on myself to just be go, go, go and work, work, work. And don't get me wrong. I am still working so hard in so many ways and, you know, definitely pushing myself a lot, but I am not taking things near as seriously as I was. And I'm not chasing after a finished or complete version of myself. I'm working as hard as I am, you know, because I'm passionate about it or because it's, you know, a short-term goal of mine in some regard, but I am not pressuring myself to be perfect in all regards and reach a finished version of myself. You know, I'm, I've accepted that I will continually be a work in progress and there's no reason to pressure myself to be some standard of perfect by whoever's judgment in a short period of time. And I say short period of time, meaning a year or my the span of my life, honestly, because I just felt so much pressure that I needed to, you know, be checking all of these boxes by a certain age or that I needed to have things figured out by a certain age. But just stop pressuring yourself like that. And there's this quote that I saw on Tumblr a while ago, and I went back to find it because I was like, I know I liked it. Let me go find it. And I knew it related to this point, but it says, One day I woke up and realized all the waiting and yearning was actually me living my life and it's happening right now. And it's still good even if it's not perfect and there's no moment when all your dreams get fulfilled and everything makes sense. Like, this is it. This is life. You'll waste away your youth waiting for some imagined future if you don't love life for what it is now and make the most of it. And honestly, when I saw that quote, it was kind of around the time where I was unlearning the striving for a complete version of myself and trying to adopt the mindset of I am a continuous work in progress and I will never reach perfection in any regard. And when I read that, it it really stopped me in my tracks. And I was just like, I feel like I need to put that on a post-it and every single one of the rooms that I visit every single day (laughs) because it needs to be a constant reminder. But it is such a good reminder that, you know, all of that yearning for you know, better and all of the waiting for that defining moment where you've checked the boxes and your dreams get fulfilled and you understand everything and everything makes sense, that's not going to happen. That's not reality. We can convince ourselves all we want that that is the way life is and that we're going to have an aha moment where we understand why everything happened the way it did in our lives or everything makes sense to us or we've fulfilled all of our dreams or we've checked all the boxes of life. There's no moment where all that's going to happen, but we can truly sit here and just tell ourselves that and make ourselves believe it, but it's going to put a ridiculous amount of pressure on us and we're going to miss out on living life as a result because we're going to be cracking under that pressure and really just striving for a moment that's never going to come and never going to happen. And you don't want to waste away all of your life and your years, especially when you're young, you know, waiting for that moment to happen or striving for that moment to happen or putting in the work for that moment to happen when it's not going to happen. And that doesn't mean, you know, don't work hard or don't try hard, don't have dreams. That's not what it means. You know, you still do those things, but you just don't, you know, expect an end all finished complete version or moment where everything is checked off and fulfilled 
and you have to truly just make the most of your day to day. And I just really think this one's been very powerful for me and it's been a way that I have shown myself more love this year by releasing that pressure and releasing myself from that expectation. Number four is that life is not a performance. And this one is very short and sweet, obviously, but it has a much deeper meaning. Basically just meaning, you know, you were not put on this life to put on this life. You were not put on this earth and you were not made to live your life in a way that, you know, checks the box boxes boxes for somebody else or that, you know, appeals to other people or that looks best or is most agreeable. You know, it is your life and it is up to you to live it the way you want to live it. And while there may be opinions and expectations and pressure from external sources and other people, if you adopt those things, you're not living, you're performing. You are not living, you are performing. This one's been a real freaking horse pill for me to swallow because all of my life I've been just trying to be the good girl. I don't know why. It's psychologically a thing. My therapist tells me it all the time. She's like, you know, pretty much everything that you struggle with, a lot of what you struggle with goes back to your core desire of trying to be a good girl and please others. I don't know. I've, I've just been a perfectionist since as early as I can remember and just being a perfectionist in the sense of, you know, trying to just be the most agreeable and most likable person to as many people as possible. And it is a very, very scary way to live because when you're little and up until I'd say your senior year of high school, it can be a rewarding way to live because you don't really realize that you're not living for yourself because you have so much of that external, you know, guidance or pressure, whatever you want to call it. And you are you reap rewards from it truly because you get a lot of praise and you know you start to value that praise more than you value being yourself or doing the things that make you happy but you don't even know what makes you happy and you don't even know who you are when you've grown up trying to be the good kid and doing you know being the most agreeable and likable person to as many people as possible and as a result you put so much more value in receiving that praise from as many people as possible because that's what becomes your identity that's what you know you you base your worth off of because you don't have any outside of that but then you go to college and all that's like stripped away basically and you know nobody really knows you anymore and you're just kind of like that's truly your time to you know shape your identity and who you are and a lot of people go through a crisis at this point and you know you're like who am I what is my worth defined by and all of these things, but you truly have to realize, you know, I, I've i had to just undo so many ways of thinking and think to myself, you know, there's been so many decisions I've made and so many things I've done that were acts of performance. It wasn't me living when I was making that decision. It wasn't me living when I was doing that thing or when I chose that major. I was performing. I was trying to be the best on paper, but that's not living. I was, you know, performing for some arbitrary vague crowd that doesn't even exist like I don't even know who I'm trying to perform for you know what I mean like it's just been rooted in me to do that and I'm undoing a lot of that and accepting that you know flawed is real flawed is beautiful flawed is human and yes there are great things that you know come out of striving for perfection and striving to be 
the good person and the most agreeable and most likable, but it's not real. It's not you and it's performing and you need to live in order to enjoy life and be happy with yourself. And that involves, you know, making mistakes and being human and making decisions that other people may view as questionable or may not agree with. And that is okay because that is what is going to define the course of your life at the end of the day. And that is going to be, you know, what makes you you and how you learn and how you grow. You're not going to experience that deep of a level of authentic growth and just authentically shaping your identity and who you are and learning who you are and loving who you are and accepting who you are, you're not going to experience any of that if you're just performing. Case closed. Um, I could literally talk about that for so long, but I will spare you all because I feel like I talk about that kind of stuff a lot, but it's because this has been my year of undoing those thoughts and I hope and I pray and I believe and hope for the best, like I've said in this episode, and I trust that in the coming years, it's going to be about me living and not about me performing anymore. And that is my number one hope, you know, for myself is to embrace who I am and not, you know, this fabricated Abby that has existed to be the best on paper. And I'm not even the best on paper, shoot, but like striving for that, (laughs) but like just being somebody that's living and not performing and you know that's that's really my goal for the coming years and that's what I want for myself and what I am hoping for and that is how I envision the years to come is you know I've I've spent 23 and a half to 25 undoing that way of thinking of you know living to please other people living to perform living to do the best things on paper and you know the coming years is going to be all about me living instead of performing so the very last thing is you shouldn't and don't need to reinvent yourself to be loved or desired or wanted and this goes for friendships and this goes for relationships and this also goes for your relationship with yourself like i talked about in our quote for this week's episode also love how i said i this episode wasn't probably going to be very long but we're going to be at the hour mark anyways because i am just rambling but i truly hope I am changing some lives with this episode because holy guacamole is these truths have like actually I don't know why I just said that that was so cringy but these truths have truly changed my life in more ways than one and a lot of these things like I just said are things that I have realized learned digested I've fully understood them now and now it's just up to me to live them out. You know what I mean? So that's kind of the phase I'm in. So whether this is your first time hearing these things or whether this is, you know, the second, third, 50th, 100th time you've heard these things, I'm hoping that you're hearing them and you're accepting them and that you will grow to be able to embody them and like actually live them out. But anyways, last point being you shouldn't and don't need to reinvent yourself to be loved or desired or wanted. I had such a skewed approach to how friendships and relationships worked most of my life I if somebody you know didn't like me for who I was I would you know try and convince them otherwise by morphing myself to be somebody that they would want to be friends with or somebody that they would want to date and that's just messed up you are completely compromising your self your identity 
which is totally not an act of self-acceptance or self-love, in an effort to gain temporary approval from somebody else, it's obviously not going to last if you're not your authentic self. And that goes for friendships and relationships, like I said. You don't need to have your approach for friendships and relationships being, okay, I need to, you know, change in some way or change something about me, shift something or become another person or, you know, like something specific, gain certain interests, whatever it may be in order to be loved. And it's, that's just not how it is. You know, you should be able to show up as you are and somebody out there, you know, it may not be the first person you run into for a friend or it may not be the first person you date, but somebody out there will accept you for who you are in the here and now and it's not going to be this act of reinventing yourself in order to be this person that somebody does want to be friends with or somebody does want to date because that's not true love that's you know they're loving a fabricated version of yourself this one really ties into performance and life is not a performance you're really putting on you're becoming a puppet basically and I don't really want to say a puppet but you're kind of becoming a puppet in the sense that, you know, you're changing yourself to be something that works best for another person's life. But what about it working for your life? What's going to work for your life? You being authentic and you being yourself regardless of who is approaching you to be friends with you or approaching you to date you or whatever it may be. And you bringing your whole self authentically from the beginning in those situations is so important because that is you know people will love you for you somebody out there will want to be friends with you for who you are right here and right now somebody out there will want to date you for who you are right here and right now and you know what the people who you feel like you need to change yourself in order to have a friendship or relationship with they're not for you they may be for you later on but if you if your friendship or relationship with that person is conditional on you changing yourself then they're probably not for you and I I say take this with a grain of salt don't take this and run with it but because sometimes you know you meet people and you realize that there are things about yourself that you know do need to change because sometimes you know friendships you can really get into like the raw and ugly and just realize some things about yourself that may be a little bit toxic and then you have to ask yourself is this something that I'm like willing and able to change and want to change and if it is then like yes you can change it But, you know, the friendship itself and the relationship itself isn't, you know, conditional on you changing that, if that makes sense. Hopefully that that makes sense. But like I said, take it with a grain of salt because sometimes, you know, we do learn things that, you know, we need to change. And I, I really don't like the way of thinking of that's just the way I am. Get used to it. In some aspects, yes, but in other aspects, no. You know, like if there, if you have a toxic behavior pattern or there's something about yourself, like maybe you just self-sabotage really badly and your friends are pointing that out to you, you know, maybe that is something you want to change so that, you know, you're not making yourself miserable and that so your friends don't have to see you make yourself miserable. But hopefully you get the idea behind, you know, you don't need to reinvent yourself to be loved or desired. That's really the key point. Like, People can, you know, say, hey, like you are really self-sabotaging every situation in your life, but I still love you anyways. I just want you to know that. That's a different situation. You don't, what I'm saying is, you know, you don't have to make yourself be more agreeable or more likable 
in order to, you know, have that friendship or have that relationship if that is what it's dependent on. And, you know, you can have areas of life that you want to change in or that you do change in, but, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, if you're having to, in order to gain love, acceptance, being desired or wanted, in order to gain any of those things, whether it's from a romantic partner or a friend, if you have to change some version of yourself in order to get that, then that's not real. You know, that's not real love from a friend or real love from a significant other. That is, you know, somebody really only loving you for who they want you to be. And that's not fair to you. So those are the five perspective shifts that have changed my life at 25. And they are things that I truly think will change the way you live your life if you learn them and truly believe them and adopt them into your way of thinking. And that's just what I think and how I feel. You may not agree with me. That's the beauty of life. But you know what? I'm on my path to not caring if I'm fully agreeable or not. So if you don't agree with these, great. That means I am on the right path. (laughs) So I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Be sure to leave a review of the episode on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. It definitely helps out the show a ton. And be sure to follow In Bloom Podcast. It's just at In Bloom Podcast. And if you enjoy my content and want more from me, I do upload YouTube videos every week and I post a bunch on my personal Instagram, which are both always, well, not, I think, I don't think I have my YouTube channel in the show notes usually. Maybe I should put that in there, but my Instagram is always in the show notes. So definitely be sure to follow that Nimbloom podcast on Instagram. And I hope you all have a wonderful week when you're listening to this. And thank you so much for listening. And I will talk to y'all next week.